Please note the opportunity to support the scalloped potato takeout dinner that's coming up on Wednesday, December 16th from 4 to 7 p.m. And you're invited to make a pre-order for the meal. You can call Carol or you can email Jen or send a message through Facebook to United Lutheran Church. Pre-orders must be placed by December 9th. And please note also help is needed to bake apple and pumpkin pies. And if you can help with that, uh, please contact Carol or Jen about that. Thank you for your help with that. This first Sunday in Advent is the first Sunday in a new church year. And this four-week season of Advent is a time of preparation for the celebration of the birth of our Lord Jesus, his incarnation coming in human flesh to save us. In the words of the hymn, love caused your incarnation, love brought you down to me. Your thirst for my salvation procured my liberty. O love beyond all telling that led you to embrace, in love all love excelling our lost and fallen race. We gather for worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a call and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Our Advent wreath was lit today by Blake. We thank you, Blake. In our responsive prayer, we read together. People of God, awake. The day is coming soon when you shall see God face to face. Remember the ways and works of God. God calls you out of darkness to walk in the light of his coming. You are God's children. Lord, may your light guide us to walk with Christ today and forever. Amen. Our psalm of praise today from Psalm number 80. Hear, O shepherd of Israel, leading Joseph like a flock, shine forth, you that are enthroned upon the cherubim. In the presence of Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh, stir up your strength and come to help us. Restore us, O God. Let your light shine upon us, and we shall be saved. Let your hand be upon the one at your right hand the one you have made so strong for yourself. And so we will never turn away from you. Give us life that we may call upon your name. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts, 
Let your face shine upon us, and we shall be saved. Let us pray. Stir up your power, Lord Christ, and come. By your merciful protection, awaken us to the threatening dangers of our sins, and keep us blameless until the coming of your new day. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our scripture readings for today, the first reading from Isaiah, the 64th chapter. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, so the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways. But you were angry and we sinned. Because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf. Our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider... We are all your people. Here ends the reading. In our gospel today from Mark, the 13th chapter, Jesus said, In those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory, and then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and put forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey. When he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he might find you asleep when he su suddenly comes. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. This is the gospel of the Lord. We enter the season of Advent 
Today, on this first Sunday in Advent, we are preparing to celebrate the birth of Jesus, his coming as a baby born in Bethlehem. But Advent is also a season of preparing for the second coming of Jesus, when he will return to bring a complete fulfillment to his kingdom. As we heard in the Gospel reading from Matthew, the Son of Man will come in clouds with power and great glory. We're reminded that the time of Jesus' second coming is unknown. Neither the angels in heaven nor the Son knows, which means we don't have a clue either on the timing of Jesus' return. Except, as Jesus said, it will follow the sun being darkened, the moon not giving light, the stars falling, the heavens being shaken. Now, since we don't see this kind of cataclysmic evidence right at this moment, and since the timing of Jesus coming again is totally unknown, it is relatively easy to think not much about it. After all, it could be hundreds or thousands or millions of years. And we have other pressing needs, right, in our lives, in our families, to tend to, to think about. But Mark's gospel message contains Jesus' words that are meant to get our attention and focus our attention on keeping alert as if Jesus' return could be at any minute. Jesus said it's like a man going on a journey when he leaves home, giving the servants responsibilities, each with work to do. They are to keep alert and keep at it because the master will return at an hour, any day, any night, any hour. So Jesus warns against sloth, against complacency, against sleeping on the job. After all, Jesus could return today during this sermon. But does anyone actually think that way? Does anyone go through every day wondering, morning, noon, and night, wondering if now is the time that someone long gone might return? Mark Allen Powell asked this honest question in a recent reflection and gave a helpful answer, I felt. Yes, he said, people who are in love do that. In Mark chapter 2, there is a reference to this time coming, this time awaiting Jesus' second coming that compares it to a newlywed waiting for the return of a bridegroom who has inexplicably taken away. So knowing how much Jesus loves us and knowing how faithful and everlasting Jesus' love is for us, we want to be watching for Jesus all the time and doing the work that Jesus would want us to do. When Mark wrote his gospel included this parable of the master going on a journey Putting his servants in charge of the work, it was a time of crisis for God's people. The temple had just been destroyed in Jerusalem. The temple was that center of religious life, but also the center of every part of people's lives as they connected the temple with God's presence in their day-to-day -day rhythms. In many ways, this present time in the year 2020 has been an upending of the rhythms of our lives, too. A public health crisis with COVID-19 pandemic, which has disrupted our normal routines and relationships, and even worse, brought sickness and for some death and the loss of loved ones. For others, it has turned into an economic crisis 
because of the way it has impacted their employment or their business. And the pandemic has pointed out social disparities too, as certain segments of people in our country have been disproportionately and negatively impacted by the crisis. So knowing how much Jesus loves us and loves all people, and knowing how faithful and everlasting Jesus' love is, what kind of alert, watching, and active working is Jesus calling us to now? In order to answer that question, we have to consider who might be hurt if we are not watching and working. Who might be impacted if we fall asleep on the job? This year, I think we have all become familiar with that label, essential workers. Many of our essential workers have been taken for granted, even ignored, or worse, exploited and disrespected. Tony Coleman wrote an article in the November issue of Christian Century about his brother. My brother works at a grocery store. At 7 a.m. most days, he clocks in and begins his shift. For the next six to eight hours, he bags groceries. He gathers shopping carts in the parking lot. He cleans up messes. He picks up trash. He helps customers load heavy sacks of food into the trunks of their cars. He works hard. When the pandemic proved to be not only a public health crisis, but also a political flashpoint, his work got harder. Now, in addition to the usual difficulties and indignities he might suffer in the course of his job, people cough in his face. In addition to customers who shame him into repacking their groceries after he's done it wrong, he has to wipe their spit off shopping cart handles. Every day he must brace himself for name-calling, passive-aggressive attacks that have become part of his job. While much of our country celebrates essential workers like my brother for the work they're doing to keep our lives afloat, praise is rare when he's on the job. The vulnerability and danger built into his job continue to be ignored. I don't mean only his vulnerability to viral infection or danger or abuse. I mean the vulnerability of having a job that might evaporate without warning. I mean the danger of low wages that compromise his ability to take care of his family. Those vulnerabilities existed before the pandemic. How can I show up for my brother? How can we all do more than just show our gratitude to essential workers? We can consider first the people who typically come last. And who can forget Jesus' words? earlier in Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, when he spoke about the age to come and the new age of the kingdom of God, Jesus said, many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. Rob Blessard challenged me with a wake-up call in these words. For too many of Jesus' followers today, the end times focus means no more than a kind of fatalistic hunkering down and disengagement from the world and all its problems. Why care for the poor? Why fight injustice? The thought is that all those problems don't count if it is coming up to the end anyway. But in fact, Jesus calls us not to disengage from the world, but to embrace it in love 
and service as Jesus did. The essential workers that surround us are a reminder that we all have been given essential work to do. And that work begins as Jesus' followers with a just and loving treatment of other people. In Advent, Jesus calls us to action, to a life of action lived out where we are watching and working, living out our faith in the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus calls his followers to this life of action as he tells this parable of the owner of the home who goes away, leaving his servants in charge. And notice the way in which Jesus lays out the possibilities of the owner's return. Evening, midnight, could be at rooster's crow, could be at dawn. This unexpected summary of a timeline of when the master might return is actually the timeline of Jesus' own passion. In the evening, Jesus celebrated Passover with his disciples in the upper room. At midnight, Jesus was handed over. At cockcrow, Jesus was betrayed by his closest friend. At dawn, Jesus was sentenced to death by Pilate. Out of love for us, Jesus emptied himself, served us by suffering and dying for us, for our salvation. So complete was Jesus' love for us. And so now Jesus calls us to love, to demonstrate our love in our actions in the world. And remember how Jesus taught the disciples what he was calling them to do? In John 13, we read about it. It was in that upper room at the Last Supper when he got up from the table, poured water into a basin, began to wash the disciples' feet, wiped them with the towel. And he said, If I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Servants are not greater than their master, Jesus said. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. I'd like to close today with the words of a hymn we consider this call of Jesus to love. Lord, whose love and humble service bore the weight of human need, who upon the cross forsaken worked your mercy's perfect deed. We, your servants, bring the worship not a voice alone but heart, consecrating to your purpose every gift which you impart. Called by worship to your service, forth in your dear name we go, to the child, the youth, the aged, love in living deeds to show. Hope and health, goodwill and comfort, counsel, aid and peace we give, that your servants, Lord, in freedom, may your mercy know and live. Amen. We confess our Christian faith now in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. 
he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And in our prayers today, I want to call your attention that we will be remembering the family and loved ones of Bonnie Miller. Bonnie Miller died on Saturday at the Pioneer Home. A celebration of life will be held at a later date, and that will be postponed now due to the COVID-19 pandemic. We remember the family and loved ones of Bonnie Miller in our prayers today. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, awaken us with a renewed awareness of the depth of your love for us and for all people. Strengthen us by the power of your Holy Spirit for living our lives with a servant love in relationship with others. Strengthen us for this essential work. Help us not to become tired or complacent. Keep us alert to people who need your love and your justice and use us to join in your holy work that we might join you with humility and also tenacity. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving God, grant your grace and mercy to all in this challenging season, especially to those who have little to celebrate. We pray for the homeless, the jobless, the hungry. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray today for peace in our world, in our country, in our community. We pray for the conflict in Ethiopia, for peace among those people. And may all elected leaders be empowered to seek paths of justice and peace for the good of all people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Oh God, we pray for our community, for our world as we face the coronavirus. Protect the most vulnerable among us especially those who are currently sick or in isolation. Give wisdom, patience, stamina, and clarity to healthcare workers, especially as their work caring for others puts them at great risk. Strengthen the essential workers. Provide for the poor and vulnerable and any who are out of work or facing financial hardship. Guide us as we consider how best to respond in our community in our workplaces. Give us courage to face the days ahead, not with fear, but with compassion, concern, and acts of kindness and service, trusting that you are with us always. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we remember all who grieve the loss of loved ones, especially the family and loved ones of Bonnie Miller. We ask that you will comfort them and bring them hope at this time. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. And for those who are sick or suffer in any way, in body, mind, or spirit, we ask for healing this day for Colleen, Sungheel, Lucille, Terry, Brett, Ruth, Leroy, Larry, Sandy, Perry, Sally, Bonnie, Gary, Adele, John, Bud. Grant them your healing grace. 
And as we remember before you those who have died and gone before us, those most dear to us, inspire us to live our lives in resurrection hope. And of that day, we will be reunited with those who have gone before us. We pray the prayer you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I want to thank you for all the ways in which you are generous in your response to God's goodness in your life. Thank you for all the ways that you support the ministry of United Lutheran Church. May God bless you as you are a steward of all the gifts that God has entrusted to you. Now we pray our offering prayer. Let us pray. Blessed are you, O God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with abundant gifts, ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Use us in our offerings given in thanksgiving to you to serve you in this world as a sign of your merciful love and grace through the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Christ is with you. Thanks be to God.